feel like he's got that dominance that James Bond needs, and I think that's why, for me, I'm leaning slightly towards towards him doing it. Would this be his directorial debut, or has he directed films before? Yeah, but you'll have all like these film junkies that are all like tweeting saying, "What is he thinking?" <laughs> <laughs> That'll never be lost. That's always going to be a part of cinema history. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. If all you wanted was a sweet distraction for an hour or two, then you've come to the right place. I'm Stuart Morrison, and this is the Build a Bond podcast. And joining me as always, please welcome my co-host. He's always enjoyed studying a new tongue. It's Fraser MacArthur. <laughs> Uh, I'd like you to retract that statement, please, Stuart. Um, I've got a reputation to uphold, uh, a squeaky clean one, and I'd like to keep it that way. Thank you very much. I was a little bit nervous by that intro. I didn't know how you would take it. <laughs> it could have been worse, to be fair. Yeah, there's a lot worse than you and out there. <laughs> how are you doing anyway, Stuart? Are you well? I am doing very well, thank you. I'm uh, feeling revitalised, new year, new me. I went for a run today in the freezing cold. Uh, and it's set me up for the year ahead. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good, yeah. Uh, I have not been on such a run, uh, not been doing my MI6 training like yourself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I've just been just been keeping festive. Yeah, definitely. We are excited to start, you know, this podcast is, is new for us in 2021, so hopefully it's a sign of many good things to come this year. Yeah. I was thinking a little bit, over the holidays with everyone gets new toys, new stuff for their Christmas. I remember when I was a, a youngster, not that long ago, I'm sure you'll agree. I got, a to- I got a toy for Christmas of one of my favorite ever James Bond gadgets, which was, do you remember in From Russia With Love, James Bond gets a briefcase and this briefcase has in it, stop laughing, <laughs> this briefcase has it like a knife comes out of it and there's like a fold up a kind of fold-up gun like sniper oh, yeah. rifle that comes with it and it's got like the, the, the clips explode if the wrong person puts the code in and stuff like that okay yeah yeah yeah. and i got like a toy version it was like spy style briefcase or something you know it was not very official and it's that like was less violent yeah exactly obviously it was just a toy gun that came out i didn't have an actual gun or an actual knife um that was one of my favorite gadgets in the whole bond series simple briefcase everyone carries one you know that's what i love about the bond gadgets they're Sometimes a little, bit more, a little bit more complex than that, but I just love that one. And I used to, me and my brother used to play with that. <laughs> we pretend we were spies all the time. It was but, a cool one, but there's been loads and loads of memorable gadgets, some of them that, that could make good Christmas presents. Some of them are ridiculous though, the gadgets throughout the years. I remember, I think it was maybe for your eyes only, there was like an umbrella that had spikes on the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you put that up, surely you're going to realise. I know, he's not going to notice. <laughs> Uh, and I remember there was a really good one, and I think it was Goldeneye uh, when when Q is doing his little like roundup of all the gadgets and showing mm-hmm. uh, Pierce Brosnan around, and he's got like a plaster cast on his foot, and then he fires it off like a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was good. That and then you get the really you get the really old ones as well. Like remember the jetpack? How like imagine how cool that must have seemed at the time, but I now know. now it just looks like a like a bit of tin foil and a backpack 
I know, I know, but it was at the time it must have been like the most cutting edge of technology. There's also one that always sticks in my not necessarily a gadget, but um, always sticks in my mind in Octopussy when he's there's like a scene of the islands and there's a, like a crocodile approaching. And then as the crocodile gets close to the island, the mouth opens and Roger Moore's face is poking out and it's like a little boat crocodile. Both the kind of useful ones and the absolutely ridiculous ones. They really make the series. Q always makes gadgets that come in handy for the exact situations that he ends up in as well. Yes. Also, Bond quite often uses them inappropriately. I'm thinking, of course, about the magnet watch. Yes. Okay. Is that Live and Let Die? It is Live and Let Die. That was our introduction to Roger Moore. Couldn't be better, could it? <laughs> Sheer magnetism, darling. <laughs> how, how are you fixed on your, your Bond knowledge tonight, Stuart? Um, you know, I haven't watched any for a while, but, you know, I kind of have to lay my cards on the table. I've started doing a Bond podcast. We really should know our stuff about the series. So. Yeah, we should. But then you might, you might not know everything. So I've got a wee trivia question for you. And this one, you'll either know it or you won't. Okay. I feel like if you don't already know this, then you're, you're not going to know it. But I'll ask it anyway. So Pierce Brosnan himself was one of the first big Irish presences on the Bond films. But what was the other major Irish influence on the film GoldenEye? Irish influence on the film GoldenEye. Hmm, nothing springs to mind immediately. I'm going to have a think. I think. During the episodes, I did watch Goldeneye relatively recently, just at the end of the year. So I'm going to have a think, okay? Come back to me at the end of the episode and I will let you know if I've come up with an answer. Okay, good luck. So what are we doing here today on the Build a Bond podcast? We have got a very, very special guest who's going to join us and we are going to ask them to build their dream Bond film. We're going to ask them who they want to play Bond, the co-star love or love interest, the villain, who's going to direct the whole film, and then who is going to sing the theme song. Does that sound like fun? Sounds like great fun. Their very own Bond film. Exactly. It's easy to criticise. It's easy sometimes to have a go at some of the silly casting decisions in Bond films gone by. But here we are, a chance for you to do it for yourself and see how much fun it can be, but also, I think, how tricky it can be as well. I'm just picturing Daniel Craig sitting at home listening to this, sweating into his tuxedo. Definitely. We'd love to have you on, Daniel. We better go on with the episode then. Definitely. Hope you all enjoy another episode of the Build a Bond podcast. So, our guest for this episode is making some serious waves in the TV and the entertainment world. She's been a presenter for the BBC and ITV and now presents her own podcast series that delves into the ups and downs of working in show business. She's one of the media's brightest young stars and altogether great gal to chat to. Beaming in all the way from Liverpool, it's Lauren Duffy. Oh, I love that. Thank you. That's a lovely introduction. Good, I'm glad. How are you doing, Lauren? I'm good, thank you. I'm looking forward to being part of this podcast. A bit of bond to start the new year off. Um, what have you been up to? Have you had a nice Christmas and all that? Yeah, do you know what? I had a lovely Christmas, all things considering. You know, it's been a real tough year for everyone. I think nobody in the world's not been affected by COVID and yeah, it, it was it was lovely seeing my family for that one day of the year and New Year, like New Year, believe it or not, it's actually my favourite time of the year. And I was meant to be in Edinburgh with Hogmanay, I was gutted, I couldn't oh. be there here. But do you know what, it wasn't meant to be, but I'm feeling really positive. Oh good, yeah. that's nice to have such a positive start, that's great. Well, it's really exciting to have you on the show, Lauren. We're really excited to hear your choices. You're also our first international guest. 
international, look <laughs> at outside of Scotland. Yeah, up till now we've only had Scottish guests, so it's exciting to to broaden our horizons a little bit. I'm a bit Celtic, so you're cheating a bit, but yeah, we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you are you a Bond fan? Do you like Bond films? Or are you or is it not really your thing? Do you know what I am? A, I am a fan of the Bonds. When every time they come out, I'll go see them in the pictures. I'm not a diehard Bond fan, but I do. I do love seeing them in the pictures. When I did my A-level scum at years ago in media at college, um, when you, I don't know if you ever did media theory, you have to do um, three films. And one of the films that we had to do was Skyfall. So I had to watch that film. And my media teacher, Kimberly, if she's listening to this, she'll know we had to watch that repeatedly on and on and on. So I know all the themes that go with James Bond and all the, the key bits in Skyfall. So yeah, I think that's, that's instilled in me. That's so cool. I wish I'd got to watch Bond films in school. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like if you watch it repeatedly, <laughs> really. Wears down a wee bit. Watching again, we've seen M die again, and it's like, you know, like <laughs> it's whoa, 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 spoilers. It's definitely not the worst one to have to watch over and over again. At least it's quite a good one. That dime is off forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta watch that again. So you did, you did film and stuff at, at, at or media in school. Are you, are you a big film fan in general? I think so. Yeah, I do. I do like watching the films. I like watching what what's new. That I'm quite. I try. I like trying different films rather than just one genre. I do like an action film. I like something that keeps you on your edge of your seat. The only film I'm not a big fan of is horror. That's the only genre I just steer steer away from. So not not anything like The Shining, <laughs> anything like that. So I think Bonds are good. That's as as shocking as a go. So your Bond film tonight is not going to be a scary one. No, it's not going to be The Shining. Not going to be that. <laughs> Go outside. That's scary enough. And I know, I know you, the podcast that you do is all about the the creative process and, and creative people. How did you find the creative process of coming up with your own Bond cast, crew, and everything? Do you know what? It's only when you really sit. It's it's really fun thinking about. You know, if I was the director of James Bond, who would cast, where I'd have it. You know, the story, what what I'd do. But it, it was really difficult at times because like thinking of who would have his um, money penny and who would have his, I think the toughest one was the most obvious, who would have his bond. I mean, that's the hardest one you can pick. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy if you have picked. I've got, I'm in between on a few ones, so I might have to deliberate with you on those ones. But yeah, no, I'm happy if you have chosen. Okay, I'm intrigued now. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I suppose that's a, a good way to tee it up to talk about who you have picked as bond. But before we do that, it would be good to hear what you think about the previous actors to have played Bond. Do you have any favourites or any of those that you didn't like? I think, the, for me, the most obvious one, I've ended, the best Bond, in my opinion, was Sean Connery. I thought he was fabulous. And, you know, I think everyone was gutted because it was like we lost James Bond because he was, he was him, wasn't he? And he was, he was fabulous. Um, I am a fan of Daniel Craig. I'm a, like, he's a, big, he's a big red, so I'm naturally going to be a fan of him. But he's... You know, he's good at what he does and he really does channel the role and it's a shame, you know, he's going to be leaving now, but I do feel like it's time now for someone new to take in the Bond shoes. I think it's time to change the guard, if you will. Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's almost like the fewer Bond films you do, the easier it is to be remembered as a good Bond. I think, you know, like Timothy Dalton and George Lazenby only did one and two between them. And everyone, you know, everyone thinks their, their films were great, whereas, you know, I think maybe Pierce Brosnan did a few too many Maybe Roger Moore went on a bit longer than he should have. So I think it's right the right time for Daniel Craig to kind of move yeah, on. It's, it's time to go. And I think it's, it'll be exciting to see who they're going to get in next because it's been going on for years now. Who's going to be the new Bond? And it's, mm-hmm. it's 
exciting who who's it's going to be because somebody out there must know who it is i mean that's the most exciting thing somebody out there in the world know who james bond is yeah that is exciting i agree with you about sean connery as well i think he he has james bond doesn't he when you when you hear the words james bond you picture his face he was a total trendsetter despite all his flaws you know he was the guy he is bond what what's really cool about the bond franchise is that that'll never be lost that's always going to be a part of cinema history absolutely he he is you know even like the, the, the poster images that he is it's so iconic like you, when he's like that with his gun like nobody can see me on the podcast but <laughs> you, know, you, just, you have that image in your head you think of sean connery when you think of james bond and he walks like a panther he does he does Every, anyone who who plays him or has played him will always be compared up against john connery and quite rightly so because i agree with both of you that he's the best bond so far no pressure no pressure for the new james bond <laughs> Well, the new James Bond then, if you're going to be choosing, who then would your James Bond be? Do you know what? I'm stuck between two. And I think I'm leaning more to, I'll tell you my two, who I think like these, whoever got the role, they'd be phenomenal. It'd have to be Idris Elba and Sam Hewen. I think I'm stuck between them two. Um, I think I'm leaning more towards Sam Hewen just because I think, he could really pull it off. I think he could be, not that it just couldn't, but I just feel like he's suave. He's in the right age category for it because James Bond's always a certain age and how he, how he leads and stuff like that. So I can really see Sam Hewen doing it. I think because he's, obviously he's had a big background. He was in The Spy Who Dumps Me. But equally, I think Idris Elba would be fabulous in it. So I'm, I'm stuck between the two of them. But I think I'm leaning most to most Sam Hewen. Sam Hewen, I remember him standing out to me. Outlander, he's the main character, is that right? That's right, yeah. He's in Outlander. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic in that. And he, he takes the lead spectacularly well. He can really hold that show. So yeah, I think that's a great show. Yeah, it'd be great as well to have another Scottish Bond as well. Well, absolutely, and I think it's time for a new, like I say, that new era of Bonds. We've got to have a Scottish one, so why, mm. why not? I think Sam, especially when you see him in Outlander, he, he dominates the screen when he's on there. You know, he really has a great charisma, a great kind of presence on screen. So, I, yeah, for me, that's a great shout. Because he leads so well, I think that's what's why I'm leaning more towards. Not that Id Idris doesn't do that, but I feel like he's got that dominance that James Bond needs. And I think that's why for me, I'm leaning slightly towards Tomorrow's him doing it. He also has, a, he's sort of relatively early in his career, I think. And he, he doesn't have that vast library behind him that everyone will be comparing him to and, and all his roles that what maybe Idris Elba might do. Don't get me wrong, I think Idris Elba would be a fantastic Bond. I think he's probably the most charming man in all of Hollywood right now. But um, yeah, I think Sam, Sam Hewen is, is a really good shout and and he's got the look as well. I'd, he has, yeah, he's got the male gaze theory in there. So I feel like all the ladies and, and the gentlemen will, will love him. So I feel like he's, he's a good fit. But I think as well, like you say, because he's up and coming, he's at the early stage of his career. But when you look at Idris Elba, Idris Elba is such a name. I think he is still quite the obvious choice. And I feel like we like a surprise with Bond. So I feel like if Sam Hewen got it, I feel like it's, his name was thrown about, but he wasn't the most obvious one to go for. I think that's right. When you look at the Bonds in the past, it's very rarely anyone who's got Idris Elba's career behind them. You know, it is someone who's maybe done a TV show or maybe a few other films. And I know Idris Elba, his name has been thrown around for years and years. And I think he's probably sick of hearing it as well. It was like at the, um, what was it? It was the um, Oscars. Remember they tweeted that picture next to Daniel Craig and it was like orcs and he's like giving him a look. <laughs> <laughs> it's like orcs. I feel like that would be so obvious if he got it, but I feel like it's too obvious because he's, he's pretty much, he's kind of thrown them off the scent by doing that. 
like confirmed it and not confirmed it. Is it the like the hype around Idris Elba is potentially becoming James Bond? Is that what inspired you to go for him, or was there other reasons? I just I'm just a big fan of him as an actor. I just think he's so versatile. He, he, he's got that thing that Johnny Depp has, like that versatility, you know, he can transform into certain roles. And I just think he's a brilliant actor. And like, say he, he's in the front line for Bond. But I just, like you said, I just think he's a great actor. So I think that's why I was leaning towards him. And he happened, both of them are in the run line for it. But I think that's why they were my top two. So it was a really tough call. Mm. I think with Idris Elba, as well, and you mentioned Johnny Depp, I think it's the same. They're very unpredictable in all their roles. Yeah. You know, you watch them and you think, I have no idea what this character is going to be doing next, which works really well for Bond, I think. Totally, totally. And I feel like you have to have that spark. I think, I think not, not anyone can just play Bond. You have to have that certain, that certain enemy to play James Bond. Do you think that there's a need um, in this day and age to have a, a more diverse Bond, a black Bond? I think so, and I think, like, say, with the, the new Bond that's come out the, the, in recent years, sorry, with, like, Money Penny, it's it's now having that diversity, and I think that's really important to have that, as it is in TV in lots of different industries, by having that diversity there, you can't be what you can't see. So even, like, having that there, I think seeing a black James Bond, it's that, in, it's that inclusivity there, isn't it? And I feel like that is another driving force to why people would want to see Idris Elba doing it. Absolutely, yeah. Even if he didn't get it, even if he didn't get it this time, it doesn't stop black actors in the future being the new James Bonds. I don't I think the doors. Wouldn't we like to think anyway? The doors always being open, but it, it's it's not. You, you know, it's unstoppable now. I think James Bond could be anyone. James Bond could be a woman. I think that's right, and it it just has to be. The, you know, there has to be the first one, and as soon as the, the first one happens, I think all of the debate around it and all of the kind of, if there was to be any anger about it, I think that would fade away so quickly as soon as there was the first non-white bond as soon as you break through that then, then anything's possible exactly as you say absolutely and i think it would be really positive to have that like say a, a big character like james bond if he was black or of an ethnic minority and it'd be like it's such it's positive representation what would you say is your favorite edris elba film or tv show oh i don't know it's a, it's a real tough one i love the latest one he did with kate winslet did you see that one? That was brilliant. They were in a plane crash or something? Yeah, it was, it was, it, it, it's one of those plays, it's like, you know, it's like two, it's two actors all the way through. I just thought it was absolutely beautiful and like, you know, really phenomenal acting. So I think like that's my favourite at the moment, but he's very, he's very lighthearted, he can be serious, he can be sexy, he can get into those roles beautifully. Mm. And I think as well, a really important part of being Bond is the voice. You know, all of the Bonds have had very distinctive voices, which is why I think of the Jungle Book and his performance yes. in that. Yes, and it's like you can you can tell straight away who it is, and it's that mm -hmm. distinction. Yeah, yeah, and obviously Luther as well. I mean, that's you can't take your eyes off the screen when he's playing Luther. You know, he, he commands the screen, doesn't he? Like you feel in the moment when when he's acting, and I think that's what you need for James Bond. So we're just going to have to get confirmation of your two choices. Which one are you going to ultimately go for? No. <sighs> It's, it's so tough. So in between Idris Elba and Sam Hewen, I'm going to go with Sam Hewen just because, just for the simple factor is because Id Idris Elba's achieved so much already. And, you know, Sam Hewen has a as well. But I feel like to meet the Bond criteria, if you will, I'm going to say Sam Hewen. I feel like he's still in the early stages of his career. This would be his big breakthrough moment. Perfect. We'll lock that in then, Sam yeah. Hewen. I suppose the only advantage of going for... Idris Elba would be it's easier to pronounce for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it 
still, but it's an easy one, isn't it? <laughs> so, well, moving on then, we move into the territory of the co-star or the love interest, or traditionally as it's known, Bond girl, but we're yeah. 21st century now, we don't necessarily have to, doesn't have to be a girl, doesn't have to be a love interest at all, can be whoever you choose to be a co-star. Just by going on Bond films of the past, are there any performances that stick out to you of those? I think, you know, they've got that thing in James Bond where Money Penny, you always, you, you feel like, oh, there's something going to happen between them there, but then there's always another girl or another love interest. So I feel like the recent ones as well, they, they're the ones that stand out for me. Yeah, I love, I love the Money Penny character in the recently, recent films. I think Naomi Harris is one of my favourite actors. Yeah, uh, she's fabulous. And yeah, she, she just brings that sort of extra sort of intrigue, I suppose, to the role that's, that's, that's always been there. There's always been a will they, won't they, with Bond and Money Penny. Naomi Harris takes that step further. That's the scene where she shaves him is so good and yeah, so intense. It is. It is. It's like one of those iconic scenes in one of the most recent films. Because it's like, are they, are, it's like you're wondering, are they going to, are they going to get it on? <laughs> or are yeah. they not? What it is. Or is she going to cut his throat? Yeah. Mm. And the dynamic as well always between Bond and Money Penny in the original films, you know, Bond has all the power and, and Money Penny is just sort of sitting waiting for him to get back from his mission, you know, longing for him. Whereas that flipped on the other side, suddenly Money Penny has got the razor to Bond's throat and all the powers in her hands, sort of yeah. thing. And the thing I always liked about Money Penny is she was always like, you know, at least the same age as Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's like that sim it's more believable whereas he's going for like women half of his age sometimes. So it's like, oh it's this is the woman you could settle down with. But Yeah. He's James Bond, though he doesn't settle down, so that's again that theory. Well, I was I was going to say, is this a little tease that your James Bond film might feature a step further for the Bond and Money Penny relationship? I don't know. You have to see my choices. You might have to have a look at my choices and think, oh, is it going to go further? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's uh, teed it up nicely for us. Who are you going to have playing your co-star? For me, it was quite an easy choice. For for me, for being a Bond girl, it had to be Margot Robbie. I think Margot Robbie would be a fabulous Bond girl. I love Margot Robbie. I think she's so talented and so funny. And I think she would, and yeah, kick ass as well. She would bring so much to that role. But not only that, though, she, she you know, she's not only is she stunning, but she's you know, she does action as well. She does all her own stunts. And she I just think she'd be brilliant in it. I think I'm surprised she's not being tested already for it. Yeah, she would definitely be, sort of like you were saying about Money Penny in the more recent films, she's not going to be waiting for James Bond to, to save her or to rescue her, you know, she can more than look after herself. Absolutely, like she's not afraid to get hands dirty, she's not afraid to get, you know, really stuck in there and I feel like that's the new, the new wave of Bond girls, you know, she doesn't need to be rescued, she can rescue herself, but it's still that, that love interest there for her and Bond. Right, so there is going to be a love interest then, it's a, it's a love story between them. I think, I think I could see that, I think her and Sam Heughan, I think I could see that, I could. Okay, okay. It's a very, good, Robbie, a like, very good looking couple, definitely. They would, they would. I think uh, one of my favourite Margot Robbie performances in I, Tonya, she has that unpredictability about her in that film as well. You don't know whether she's, you know, will she be, sort of come good in the end or, or you know, you, you really don't know which way it's going to go and which way her character is going to go. And it's a real story, so it's kind of like you can't. Oh, I really hope it's going to end well for him. But it's like you know, it's not going to. It's not going to end well in that film for that character. No. I just think she's fabulous, and I feel like she'd be such a good fit for a Bond girl. I really do. I feel like she's got that star name to her. And I feel like if we saw Margot Robbie's the new Bond girl, it's going to make everyone want to watch it, aren't they? They're all going to think, oh my god, Margot Robbie, this she's the new Bond girl. Everyone's going to run to the pictures and see her. 
Yeah. Have you, I don't know how much detail you've gone into story-wise here, but is she a spy or is she a bit of an enigma or is she coming from left field? Where, what's, what's her character like? I could see her being... You, you, she's got a bit of substance to us. I feel like she's going to be glamour. She's not afraid, again, she's not afraid to get hands dirty and go, just go for it. But location-wise for this film, I love the idea of it being in Sydney, in Australia. I, I feel like that's not been done before. So have it in London, obviously, where the bit where MI5 is based. But then Margot Robbie, an Aussie actress, I, I could see there being a story there. So, you know, Sydney Opera House being really glamorous location and then going into the outback. And I, th- I could just see that being, I think that'd be a really cool story. So you're going to have her playing, she's, a, she's Australian, right? Yeah, yeah, she's an Aussie. So you're going to have her in full Aussie accent? I think so, because she's, she's so good at, you know, being really versatile, doing the American. I feel like let's get her in a native and get her back to Oz and do it. I don't know if there has been a Bond film in Australia that I can think of. There's not, no. And then it's like Bond comes and he's on her territory, you know? Yeah, so it's kind of like this is this is my place sort of thing. So it's it's it kind of like power. I feel like he's going to meet her match with Margot Robbie. You can see stunts like Margot Margot and Sam bungee jumping off the Sydney Harbour Bridge for whatever reason, or climbing up the Opera House or something. They're not in a gap year for us. Going <laughs> <laughs> travelling around Australia. I almost feel actually a bit like like Margot Robbie would outdo and outperform Sam Hughan. Yeah. They feel like in a good way, but again, that's it's that's that girl power attached to it. She's not she's not a standard Bond girl. She's this new era of Bond girls. Okay, well, moving on again. Hmm, shaping up nicely so far. The next question we have is about Bond villains. Are there any villains from the series so far that inspired your choice at all? I feel like for me, a Bond villain is is a bit rough around the edges they're not necessarily born bad and I feel like it's it's again that substance and characters and that's why Bond's so appealing is it's like there's a reason why why they're like that so I feel like that's what make what really stands out to me with a Bond villain so they need to have they're not just born evil they need to have some sort of trauma in their past that's led them yeah, and then you kind of, in a way, you feel a bit sorry for them. You've, because obviously, when you watch the films, you're like, actually, I really don't feel sorry for them. But there's a reason why they're choosing to do this and create this evil. Any memorable ones for you from the series? I loved it when um, Javier Bardem, in the, again, for me, it's the recent ones. But I feel like he was really good at being bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like he, he's a good baddie. So for me, he, he really sticks out for me. I think as well, what he was good at was a Bond villain that sort of respects Bond, like he really sees himself as Bond, you know? I think of like the man with the golden gun as well. There was like a villain who, you actually just really kind of wanted to be Bond. That's what you you want, like it's kind of that jealousy. And I feel like, I always say just in general, jealousy brings the worst out in people. And Mm -hmm. I feel like he was so envious of what Bond has and what he, that's why he wanted that. And that's why he couldn't cope with that. So he thought, right, I need to get rid of Bond. Great, so with that in mind, who is your pick for Bond villain? Mine's a bit of an underdog. It's um, Stephen Graham. I feel like he'd be a really good Bond baddie. And I feel like he'd, like, I'm not just saying it because he's a scouser, but he's just brilliant. He's a fabulous actor in Line of Duty. And he's, he's such an underdog. When people say he's a really underrated actor because every single role he plays, he plays it brilliant. And, he, you know, he's got that, 
hate to say it, but he looks, he, he goes into the role of a baddie. He's a great baddie. So I feel like he'd be a really good fit for James Bond. He's fantastic. I love Stephen Graham so much. Mm-hmm. And he's he's been around for so long, but yeah. his he's never faltered. He's never done a bad performance in his life. No. And I think... He throws himself into it. Absolutely, yeah. And it all started, I think, with This Is England. Have you seen This Is England? Yeah. And it's it's like that's... It's, is that what England looks like? And it was it, he get just gets into the role brilliantly. So I feel like he'd be a really good buddy. I just think about how you describe the villains you like. Why he's such a good pick for that? Because he can be you know do really emotional roles, but he also can just be really scary as well. Yeah, well, exactly. You don't get the wrong side of Stephen Graham. Would he have the the accent? Would he have the Scouse accent? You know what? I think a Scouse villain would be would be quite something, wouldn't it? I think I think it would be quite good having a Scouse villain. He might struggle in Australia. He might struggle. <laughs> might struggle when he gets over there. I heard an interview with Stephen Graham recently. Actually, in fact, I think it was on Desert Island Discs, uh, and he he talked about his past and everything. And he comes from such like a working class background and such like humble beginnings and studying acting and stuff. I have so much respect and admiration for him for what he can do and what he can achieve. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic choice for a villain. Yeah, he is. It, you know, he's a really inspirational guy. You know, he's fairly dyslexic. His wife still has to help him read his lines for all his roles. For myself, being like a working class girl, it, it, it's tough getting your break in that industry. And he had appeared after this in England and didn't work for nine months because he just couldn't, he couldn't, because he fit the working class role in that, he couldn't break into other roles. And he's, what he's done since then has been phenomenal. So I feel like he's a really positive role model, even though he's a villain in this. <laughs> to play a, a Bond villain is often such a caricature. And I reckon he would take that with both hands and just really go for it. He was, he was. I think he'd be great. I think he'd be so, so good. I think he'd, he'd have all of Liverpool and Merseyside behind him as well. Yeah, I, w- I would really like to see that. I think that's a fantastic choice for Villain. Yeah, thumbs up from me. Did you come up with any sort of backstory? Is there any any reason why he is a villain? I feel like he's got something toxic with with his bond. I feel like that rivalry's there, whether they were spies together. I feel like that's been done before. But I feel like maybe there was something that Bond's hiding as well. Like Bond knows something more. A bit, a bit like Line of Duty in a way. Like there's, you don't know whose side to take. That would be a really good story. Like he's, Bond's kind of not telling the 100% truth on this, but what really mm. happened. And then because he's not being 100%, the rest, it gets M questioning. Then it gets Margot Robbie questioning. Then like what really is going on? So I feel like something, I think not everything appears to be as it seems would be a good storyline with this. Mm. I was just thinking, actually, when you were talking about Stephen Graham's past and upbringing, and there's definitely the opportunity for the, to play the, co- the sort of class contrast there between Bond, the Eton-educated son of a rich family, maybe he's had everything handed to him, and Stephen Graham has a lot of resentment about that. Yeah, and I feel like as well, it's it's that you know, has he has Bond had more opportunities? If they're by both spies together, did Bond get like I say, hand mm. plate? Whereas Stephen Graham's character was he having to work hard and then that kind of led him down the wrong route with it like he's gone down the evil evil route which isn't what you want but I feel like that's that could be something there so I feel like you could you could really play with it and as well I was thinking a little bit about you know sometimes Bond villains are known for their layers you know and um, you know big extravagant sets Stephen Graham is his Bond layer down in Australia I don't know for some reason I just feel like I don't know if he's based there I feel like he's doing something there I feel like there's something he's planned something there but I don't mm. think he's based there I feel like they can't find him 
what there's something bringing them to Sydney. I think he's got a base in the Radio City Tower. He probably has. He probably has. Like watching, like watching Bond from there, he can't catch him up that tower. <laughs> <laughs> or the Liver Building or something. Yeah. Find him in there. You've got a great cast picked out, and there's you've obviously had a, a think as well about the kind of plot lines and the locations and stuff. Which director are you going to trust to pull your vision together? Do you know what? It's a, it's a, this is a real risk because, you know, he's just dabbling in directors. I think you're going to be surprised at this. I'd really love Tom Cruise to direct this. Wow. And oh. it, it's a risk. It's a risk. But I feel like with his background, he'd be, I think he'd be really good at this. And I feel like, again, it's that underdog because even though it's Tom Cruise, he's got that name attached to him. He's, you know, Mr. Mr. Impossible. I feel like he could really transform this film and it, he's so talented at producing and what happens behind the scenes he knows what's going on stunt-wise so I feel like he'd be a really good fit for this. Would this be his directorial debut or has he directed films before? He's, he's dabbled, he's done, he's done bits from what I've seen he's done he's more the production side you know you can't get bigger than James Bond so I feel like this would be his his breakthrough moment as a director and it could be you know it could be the making or the breaking of it like after this he might say right I'm never directing again <laughs> <laughs> it could be the making or breaking of him but I feel like this would be would be him if not if Tom Cruise isn't he'd be my first choice but I actually think Felix Gary Gray I feel like he'd be a really good fit for this as well he obviously did uh, Laura Biden Citizen and uh, the Italian job things like that so I feel like he'd be a good a good second option but for me I feel like I'd like that risk I think take the risk with Tom Cruise director. That is a, a very interesting choice and it, it's also true uh, up until maybe Sam Mendes they didn't often pick like a well-established you know big well-known director so giving someone their directorial debut or, or thereabouts for a Bond film it definitely would it could produce something very interesting. And do you think would, is he going to stay behind the camera? Do you think he might try and sneak a little role in for himself? Well, if, if Sam gets injured, then it's <laughs> he can step in, can't he? That's true. <laughs> like That's he, true. He, he, could, he could step in, he, you know, he's good with his stunts. But I feel like for him, I feel like to be taken seriously as a director in this, I think he needs to stay behind the scenes for this. I feel like his directorial debut. Mm. And just thinking about, yeah, the films he's been in as an actor, he's going to bring a lot of very big stunts to the Bond franchise. Yeah. And I feel like that's why he'd be a perfect fit for this. It's a risk, but I feel like he'd be a brilliant risk. Bungie jumping off the Sydney Harbour Bridge doesn't seem so silly now, does it? <laughs> no, because Tom Cruise is watching, that's why. <laughs> you would struggle to come up with anyone, actor, director, producer, anything, who's been involved in more action films over their career. He's got the experience that no one else really has. Absolutely, and I feel like it's that experience, you know, it's, it could be... I think just in life in general, when it comes to jobs, you may not be a fit for a one job, but because you're experienced in that field, it's a massive job and it's a massive ask. But I feel like he's got that much experience in the action film world. He'd be perfect for this. And yeah, it's, it's, a, big, it's a big challenge because I feel like there is a bit of snobbery with directors and things like that. But I feel like he's, he'd be very well respected doing that. But he's not a stranger to romance and comedy as well. No, he's not. And I feel like that's Bond has those elements, you know, it has those moments when you do have a laugh and you do see that romantic side. It's not just all about, you know, lust. I feel like Bond does, does carry that. 
and not only just romantic love it's you know his love with M you know M was a mother figure to him so I feel like it's different relationships with Bond. Poor Sam cast as, cast as Bond alongside Margot Robbie and then now one of you know maybe the greatest actors of the generation Tom Cruise has to direct him he's, he's terrified. They can see the drip and sweat dripping from his voice. I don't want it now. I don't want it. But but it's it's it's, it's again changing that Bond dynamic because it's not mm. just the the lead actor playing Bond. It's the whole it's the behind mm. taking charge of it. He's filming alongside him, and it's kind of like can he can he make can he stand out amongst all these people? And what a great what a great person to get the best out of these actors as well. Definitely, definitely. And I feel like he, he would really push them, Tom Cruise. I feel like he's a pusher in a good way. I feel like he'd be really good. I was just thinking that as well, that, that Tom Cruise would really take them to the limit, that he that the stunts would be as massive as they could possibly get if, with Tom Cruise. You know Tom Cruise wouldn't ask them to do anything that he wouldn't do himself? Yeah, totally. Well, you were right. It certainly did surprise me. I wasn't expecting to hear the name Tom Cruise in the director chair. Yeah, I bet if you asked any of the listeners at home right now, if any of them predicted that you were going to pick Tom Cruise. Yeah, but you'll have all like these film junkies that all like tweeting and say, what is she thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise can't do this level of all that coming through. Well, we've done most of the sort of cinematic side of things, but we move on to the musical side of things. Now, one of the most hyped up or one of the most famous aspects of Bond films are their theme songs. Have you got any favourites yourself? I love Adele. I feel like she was... I think she's just got an amazing voice. I feel like she's, you know, a voice of a generation. So I feel like she was a fabulous fit. I loved Shirley Bassey. I think you get a, a current legend. I feel like that's the best way to describe a Bond theme song. And even like Sam Smith, I feel like you need a powerful voice. So what do you think about Billie Eilish then, out of interest? When we heard it straight away that she's going to be the voice of the new film. It's like, whoa. And it's kind of like in a... In a good in a good way, it was like a, a shock that like you wouldn't have associated the two of them together. She, what she what she sang when she did at the Brit Awards, she sang it phenomenally. So I feel like she's a really good fit. She's got a very powerful voice. Although I'm not crazy, controversial opinion. I'm not a big fan of the Billie Eilish song. I think she was a good choice. I think she should have sang a better song. I I just think it's too similar to the Sam Smith song. I just think it's it's too. It's generic just, it's too, the same, too generic yeah I want I want mm. a more up, upbeat I want a, a, a song that gets the blood pumping and don't get me wrong I like a ballad I thought Adele was great and I thought Nobody Does It Better was phenomenal it's probably my favourite Bond theme but I'm aching for that blood pumping spine tingling Bond anthem to come out Lauren are you going to please Fraser or are you going to go in a different direction I feel like I'm a bit of both. I feel like, again, it's a bit of a surprise, but I feel like it's also quite an obvious one. It's bringing in that young audience and, a vo- again, that voice of a generation. I really like Ariana Grande to do it. I feel like she'd be a really good fit. And, like, again, not someone necessarily he'd pick, but someone quite obvious as well, because she's so well-known. She's got a really, again, powerful, just a brilliant voice. And I feel like she'd be such a good person to do it because you know she can really she draws you in she, she's got a young audience she's got adults love her I feel like she is she would be a great fit and she could do something really upbeat she could do something really hypnotic something really controlled ballad I think you've hit something there I think that's an ingenious choice I think that's that is so great because 
you're right, she, she would pull in the young audience. Last time there was an Ariana Grande concert in Glasgow, I remember seeing like families going to the concerts and- Absolutely. Families will go and see this James Bond film. You will, but even like you say, when you hear it on the radio or Spotify, anything like that, you, you, you hear Ariana Grande and it's like, right, let's go see this film. Like she's, she's back in this film, let's, let's, let's go see it. That would probably be a controversial choice, I think. You know, I speak from the perspective, and I'm actually a little bit surprised, Fraser, that you were so enthusiastic about that. I thought you would be a bit more critical, and I'm I'm pleased to say that you are because I personally am a very big Ariana Grande fan. I had never picked her out as a to do a Bond theme, but as soon as you said it, I thought, well, actually, she has a very distinctive voice and a very distinctive style. A Bond theme can be a big pop song as well. It doesn't have to be a big rock song, a big ballad. There's plenty of really good pop artists who've done great Bond songs. And I think Ariana Grande would fit that category perfectly. But I feel like she's not just, a, you know, even though pop's her genre, she wouldn't necessarily, it doesn't have to be an upbeat dance. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, you know, something very mellow and dramatic and something really different. So I think she's got that versatility with her. But I feel like my, my, my cast are like the big names, but the underdogs as well. And I feel like she'd have that shock factor, like Ariana Grande's doing the Bond anthem. I, I wouldn't say that I'm a big Ariana Grande fan, but I love this choice from a marketing point of view. I think it's genius. If you look back the past, I don't know, five years and beyond, every song Ariana Grande has put out has been a, a hit. Oh yeah, like so, she, she, knows, she knows her stuff and she knows what she's doing. And I feel like that would be why she'd be, you know, and even, you know, she could be a Bond girl, you know, she could make an appearance in it, you know, her... It doesn't necessarily have to be her voice. She's got that in her. Mm-hmm. She, she's, an act, she's an actress herself, so she, she could do that. Like do a bit of a Madonna star and sing the theme tune. That'd be done in a while, so yeah. Write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. <laughs> Hopefully a little bit better than Madonna's theme tune. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I really like Ariana Grande. I, I had never considered her for a Bond theme. But the more you, the more you talk about it, the, the more I'm convinced. Sell it. I'm selling the film. I'm selling the film. <laughs> Sell it to the directors, James Bond. <laughs> it seems like we have a film. Mm. We do. We have a film. We have a fully, pretty much fully casted films. I feel like we've got we've got what the the latest Bond. Well, Great. So uh, when do we start filming? Twenty twenty two. Let's give this year a recce first. Yeah, I reckon that's fair. So far, anyway, you've had a lot of. You've obviously put a lot of thought into the casting and the, and, and the crew and everything for this film. Were there any other aspects of your film that, that you think were really important? Any other cast choices? Any other... Um... Cast-wise, I love Naomi Harris's Money Penny. I wouldn't change her. I really like her doing it. I think you've got that classic element, you know, you've got London and then you've got, you know, that exciting location, wherever that may be. But yeah, I, I really like the idea of Q being Taron Edgerton. I feel like he'd be a good Q. I feel like he'd be a really good fit for that because he can play geeky, but he's also, he's got that spy background. So if need be, he could do that. Well, I'm sure he's, his name's been branded about for Bond, I'm sure as well. Like he's one of my favourite actors. I don't feel like he's there yet to be Bond. So maybe in like five years time when they're reviewing it again, I feel like he'd be a contender then. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's not there yet. I think a little bit, although it, it, it kind of showed you that he could play a character like Bond, probably the Kingsman films make it harder to cast him as Bond a little bit because he's played almost like a parody role relatively recently. Yeah, but I feel like that would be why he'd be a good cue because it's almost like an understudy for Bond. So I feel mm. like he'd be, he'd be good in that role because like I say he can play geeky, he'd be really intelligent. 
but then he can also if need be if you know bond needs some backup he's got spy training so i feel like he'd, he'd be good he's got that um sort of flamboyant personality that he that came through in rocket man rocket man that's one of my favorites he'd complete my cast that's where i stand on casting did you did you have any thoughts on on you mentioned the gadgets and stuff there did you have any gadgets in mind that taron might have I feel like maybe some of his glasses. I feel like that'd be that'd be quite cool. Where he's got like a laser pointing from his frames. I feel like something along those lines. But it, it, I think gadgets are in my fields. But I feel like he'd he'd create something. So I think maybe something with his glasses. That'd be that'd be something quite funny. And it, you can make a bit a few puns of that as well. I was also thinking it's quite common. Not not in a lot of Bond films, but every so often there's like a skiing scene in a Bond film. I definitely think you could get Taron out there. He did that skiing film, Eddie the Eagle, the skiing yeah. film. So yeah. he, he could definitely be in the field with Bond on a skiing scene, maybe with like the gun inside the ski poles. I think, I think they did that already, but you could have a gadget like that. Maybe yeah. rockets on the ski. And in Australia, wouldn't it? It couldn't be in the snow in Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go down oh, yeah. Down there. But yeah, I think he, you know, he, he's got, again, he's got that ability too. I mean, you could see you know, the pre-excitement before this film came out about the cast and what, he, what he's previously done. So I feel like he'd be, he'd be great at it. Yeah, I think it's a, a really fun choice. I would really like to see that. I really enjoyed what you, the film that you've outlined there. Fraser, would you do us the honour of running through the choices? I'd love to. So, Lauren Duffy, your dream James Bond film goes as follows. In the coveted role of James Bond, 007 himself, it was a tough choice for you, but you eventually settled on Sam Hughan. Is that, am I saying that right, Hughan? Yeah. I'm saying it's that, I think, I'm, hopefully I'm not offending him, I'm saying it's Sam Hughan. <laughs> you might be listening to this, that's in, oh God, she's pronouncing her name, but Sam Hughan, yeah, he's my bond. Well, we'll stick with that, okay. Uh, and as the co-star is Sam's love interest, you have Margot Robbie, who plays a bit of an unpredictable action, glamorous character. Uh, and they go on adventure together to Australia, Sydney, Australia, probably, and then maybe ending up in the, the outback somewhere. The villain of this film is Stephen Graham, um, who might well be based in Radio City Tower in Liverpool. The director, this was a bit of a left field choice, um, went for Tom Cruise, who's a super action man, uh, and we can pretty much guarantee that there's going to be a lot of chase sequences and fights and explosions and, and fun stunts. The singer of the theme tune will be Ariana Grande, and it could be it could be either a ballad or something more upbeat. Quite a, quite a variety, quite a variety to say the least. <laughs> quite a variety indeed. We've also got we're, we're keeping Naomi Harris as Money Penny, mm-hmm. uh, but in the new Q role we've got the wonderful Taron Edgerton, and he might have some some cool gadget in his glasses, like a laser pointer or some kind of cool thing in his glasses. The majority of the film is going to be set in the new location where Bond's never been before, Australia. There's one more thing that I have to ask you, Lauren. And Uh this is something that I've not prepared you for on purpose. But what do you think the title of your film could be? Oh, I I knew you'd ask me that one. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I feel like I've got my cast worked out, I've got my location worked out, but I honestly, I don't know. I feel like that would have to be Tom Cruise. I'd have to think of that one. (laughs) Maybe it's off to us, something like that. I was thinking a little bit, yeah, about the setting. We've obviously decided it's going to be a lot of it is in Australia. So a potential name you could have would be Down Under Ball. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Tom Cruise signed up for that. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not looking after that. But <laughs> you never know. This is, this is a very unpredictable cast. So who knows? That sounds like a like a fifties caper comedy. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a fan of that one, Stuart. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I appreciate your honesty. I thought of Casino Kangaroo-yal. <laughs> Oh God, that's that's like a dad joke. That oh, it's awful. <laughs> are you are you, recon- are you reconsidering the underball now? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think we're both as bad as each other. I feel like we're gonna have to we are gonna have to leave it in Tom's hands. Well, we can also, if anyone is listening and can think of, well, you can definitely think of a better option than that. So if anyone's listening, please just let us know. Tweet us, Instagram, build a bond 007, Come up with a better name, please. So Lauren, tell us what, uh, what you've been working on. Tell us a bit about your podcast. So my latest podcast is called The Creative Curse. And basically, this is a podcast appealing to young people, people who want to break into creative industries. Maybe it's someone who's currently working in a creative industry, you know, TV, fashion, radio, anything like that. We speak, I speak to people in the industry and we, we get, you know, a little insight, you know, if it's not all plain sailing, it takes a lot to get into these fields. So that's what we do on Creative Curse. I've also got some projects lined up for the new year that I can't, yeah, at the moment, at the moment, the top secret, but it's, it might involve the podcast coming up. So a new, a new podcast, something completely different I'll be, I'll be looking after. So yeah, I have to stay, t- stay tuned. It's, it's going to be exciting year. I'm excited to see what's, what I'm going to be this time next year. So great. Fantastic. And can people keep up with that on social media? They can. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm at Lauren Duffy 97 and on LinkedIn as well for all you business people out there. If you're on in the TV industry, if you want to hit me up on there. <laughs> I was lucky enough to, to be a, a guest on your podcast, Lauren, and um, I had the opportunity to talk about my own experiences and share them with you. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a real pleasure to talk to you on that. Oh, thank you, and I'm looking forward to introducing like you know new episodes coming out. So your episodes coming in the new year and loads, loads more is coming. And looking at different industries, so I feel like that's it's really important to show like people like yourself working in the industry. You can be honest and say what it actually the reality is when you when you're in the industry as well, not only when you're just breaking in. I haven't listened to the podcast. It's from my perspective outside the industry. Sometimes you can be guilty of thinking it's all glamour, it's all excitement, it's all fun. But the podcast gives a great insight into a lot of the challenges, both when you're starting out, but also, you know, people who've, who've had long careers in the industry. Oh, thank you both. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for, for coming on and chatting to us. It's been such a pleasure to hear your choices and they've been a little bit bonkers, but I've absolutely loved them. Like, it's been great. <laughs> Got absolutely a bit of bonkers of me, a bit something a bit wacky. But no, thank you for having me. I really, really enjoyed having a bit of fun and doing something like hearts. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Lauren. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, thank you. Thank you both for having me again. Okay, well, how about that then? Lauren's Bond film, Sam Hughan as James Bond. I'm actually quite a big fan of Outlander. I've watched a lot of Outlander and I I think he would be brilliant in the role. I'd have no doubt that he'd be a great Bond. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, he's, he's got the look, he's got the the physique. And he's got the acting skills, I think. He's, I think he would be great. And it'd be great to have another Scottish Bond. And Margot Robbie, obviously, is such an amazing actress to have in a co-star role there. I, I, I genuinely do think that she would take over and I think she would become the star of the show. Oh, definitely. And it would be great to see as well. There have been a lot of really great female actors in Bond films, but I think this would be a great example of one where potentially the co-star role could outshine even Bond. 
Yeah, in a sort of perhaps a sort of Eva Green as uh, Vesper Lynn sort of way, maybe. Definitely, yeah, yeah, I could see that. And Stephen Graham, what a choice for villain. He's he's a great villain, character actor, and with that Scouse accent, you know that's that's a great casting for villain. Great choice. Of course, we we talked about the Scouse accent. I, he could play it in any way he wanted. If he wanted to do it as Scouse, absolutely, but he could do it any other way as well. And also, we should mention Taron Edgerton as Q as well. Oh yeah, of course. Some some great casting there. Nothing in there that I would disagree with. More controversially, though, her choice for director. Well, that is a... It's a big ask for Tom Cruise. I, I wouldn't choose him. I wouldn't choose Cruise. Having said that, I think Lauren explained really well about, you know, the amount of work he's done in these types of films, both as an actor and more recently moving into the production side of things as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, you you are right, and 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 Lauren's right as well. I do think that he's he's got all that experience. He's got he must have thirty, forty years experience in in action films, and yeah, that must be invaluable to something like Bond. And that would be, it would be awesome to have him as maybe I would have him as a sort of consultant role. Maybe not the director, but as a consultant, I would have him on my on my Bond film. You could only imagine the controversy when they announced that. I know, I know. It might end up being the best decision they've ever made. Well, exactly. We don't know yet. As well as being one of the most prominent actors of, of the last few generations, he could go on to be one of the most prominent directors of the next few generations. Could do, yeah, absolutely. Like the Clint Eastwood of he could generation. Be the, he could be the next Clint Eastwood. And Ariana Grande. Yes. You know, she can do anything. She can do big pop bangers. She can do slower ballads. She can do delicate Billie Eilish style songs as well. So I would love to see her take on it. So I guess the only question remains then, would you watch this? I think you would have to. When you saw the director, you might think, hmm, maybe I'll wait for DVD. <laughs> but I still think if someone said Tom Cruise's directorial debuts in cinemas, you would go and see it. Yeah, you'd have, you'd have that sort of intrigue enough and that temptation to go and see whether he, whether he was good at it or not, you'd still want to see it. And I think he's earned that, you know, through his career. Totally, absolutely. Um, I, personally, I do. I think I would watch this. I think it's got me intrigued enough. Yeah, I really, really love the Australian connection. Although I've been thinking quite a bit about the Irish connection. Of course. I thought about the cast, first of all, and I thought Pierce Brosnan, obviously Irish. Sean Bean, good Yorkshire man. Mm -hmm. Quite a lot of Scottish actors as well. Robbie Coltrane, Alan Cumming. Mm -hmm. Of the cast that I could remember, couldn't think of any Irish. Director Martin Campbell, I think, is either British or, or maybe from New Zealand. And then music, Tina Turner, I'm pretty sure is not <laughs> Irish either. So I was a bit stumped. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought there was something I was missing. And then I remembered, although Tina Turner is not Irish, am I right in saying that the song is written by Bono. You are right. That is absolutely spot on. Wow. That was... <laughs> when I say last minute, literally as we started recording the outro, I remembered that. <laughs> wow, I'm very pleased to have got that. My credentials as a Bond fan remain intact for one more episode. Yeah, well done. Another great episode. I really, really loved uh, Lauren's choices. Let us know what you thought about it. Build a Bond 007. That's on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, uh, make sure you check out Lauren's work as well. Just before we go, Fraser, 
I think it's probably worth saying that this is the last episode of Series 1. Oh, you're joking. Yeah, it's been incredible. Eight episodes. We are so thankful to everyone who has tuned in over the series. We've loved hearing feedback from everyone on online and, and everything like that. So I just wanted to, yeah, quick note at the end of Episode 8 to say thank you so much to everyone who's, who's tuned in. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Thank you, uh, Stuart, for, for having me on your amazing idea for this podcast. And um, yeah, it's been brilliant to hear the feedback and what a strong episode to finish on as well. So yeah, great episode to finish. It's been a real pleasure, Fraser. We we couldn't have done it without you. And uh, you know, we've had a lot of fun. We hope our guests have had a lot of fun as well. And I hope more than anything that people listening have had fun as well. That's it then for the series. Over and out. That's over and out. Thanks to everyone who listened. Stay tuned for more.